Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Weather the storm, just cover your expenses. And then on the other side of this, you've got a very profitable business that you can throw right back onto Airbnb and have a lot less competition in your area. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, the host today, and today we'll be speaking with Kyle Stanley. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm good, Theo. Thanks for having me on the show. Very excited. Oh, yep, absolutely. And thanks for joining us. And thank you for agreeing to talk about how the coronavirus is impacting your real estate investing business. But before we get into that, a little about Kyle's background. He's the owner of a fearless flipping he has five years of Airbnb experience, currently has 11 Airbnb short-term rentals, is located in Fresno, California, and his website is fearlessflipping.com. Kyle, do you mind telling us a little bit more information about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah, that's the key word today. So as we're here on April 1st, it's not an April Fool's joke, unfortunately, what we're going through. So we got to take everything serious right now. And basically, Leading up to, I would say, the beginning of March, the main focus of my business was Airbnb. And then on the side, I was flipping, doing short-term real estate investments from wholesaling to burrs to flipping. And we had a really solid flow going. We were on pace this year for three different streams of income reaching six figures. The third stream was education in the short-term rentals and Airbnb business. And then all the madness happened. And now really the big thing has been weathering the storm and figuring out what's next. But I'm excited about what we've been able to do to weather the storm, to be able to make this still a very profitable short-term rentals business and sharing that with your audience today. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk about how to weather the storm yeah. through the coronavirus. <laughs> so that'll be the title of the, uh, the episode. So what are some of the things that you're doing? So you've got short-term rentals. A lot of people that I've talked to said that their short-term rental business is greatly reduced or in some locations outright banned. 
So I'm just wondering, are all your properties in Fresno, California, or are they scattered across the country? They're all in Fresno. And I think, first of all, I want to just kind of lay a precedence here that there's a lot of people out there that are talking about Airbnb being dead, short-term rentals being dead. And, and these people are jumping the gun. They are completely in the mindset of whatever's happening now is going to happen for the rest of eternity. And that's just not true when it comes to this. There's also airlines that are being shut down. Does that mean that airlines will be shut down for the rest of eternity? No. As soon as this whole thing recovers, then everything's recovered. But I also know there's a lot of people that are very mad at Airbnb right now. And what the message I really want to bring today, Theo, is that I don't have an Airbnb business. I have a short-term rentals management business. And if you have that mindset, you have the mindset of problem solving. And my mindset right away in the beginning was before I even got any of my properties, yes, I knew the potential of making a thousand plus dollars of cash flow was there. We have one property that makes us usually right around $2,500 per month in Fresno, California, like all places. But I also said, well, are these recession proof? And I think we all were talking about it leading up to this whole coronavirus stuff of, Hey, there's going to be a market crash. There's going to be a market correction. There's going to be some sort of minor recession. We just didn't see it coming in the form of a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And we didn't really see it coming and hitting us literally overnight. And because of that, though, I've been very, very happy about everything that we've been able to do to weather the storm and to see results still coming in and just focusing on the Airbnb side and on the short-term rental side, we added two properties this last month. So we went from basically eight to 10 and we just added an 11th just a couple of days ago, but we went from eight to 10 and we still ended up after expenses in the month of March, netting more than any other month that we ever had and grossing more than any other month that we ever had. And I truly believe that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I did the deals right. I made sure that I was getting into a deal that would be successful even during a rough time. Again, not knowing what a coronavirus thing would hit, but just a rough time in general. And then the bigger thing beyond that is that I knew that if something were to be impacted by Airbnb, let's say Airbnb shuts down. It's a third party site, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a Airbnb employee. I need to find other methods to be able to list my properties on. And by doing that, we were able to still find ways to get people in our properties, not through the means of Airbnb and fill those vacancies and still be close to 92, 93% booked all in the month of March and moving forward. We can talk about it a little bit more, but now just to weather the storm, nine of our 11 listings are month-to-month -month rentals, and we're seeing what happens with the other two rentals just to see if Airbnb will continue to pick back up. So without going too much deeper into that, I don't want to keep on talking, but that, that's kind of the overview of what we've been doing right now. Okay, so it sounds like the two things you said were to one, buy right, and then two was to basically not rely entirely on Airbnb, have a backup plan. So let's talk about the first one, which is buy the deals right. So what does that mean? What aspects of the deals were you looking at to make sure that you were buying them right? Just like anything in real estate, you got to analyze the deal. So with an Airbnb, I use the 33% rule, which is basically whatever you're netting needs to be at least 33% of what you're grossing. And if you can do that, that means that if something like this happens and you have to take a big hit and adjust your method of how you're filling your properties, there was enough meat on that bone to not hurt you. So because we had expected, again, let's just take that rule. For example, if I'm expecting 
to gross $3,000 in a property for the month, then the 33% rule means that I need to net at least a thousand of those dollars. So essentially what that means is my expenses are $2,000. As long as I can cover $2,000 in a property during a coronavirus, then I know I'm at least breaking even. We don't want to lose money during this time, right? We just want to weather the storm, get to even, and then pick back up where we were before. But the great news is, is that those properties that let's say I was grossing $3,000 and needed $2,000 in order to cover my expenses, I'm actually at some of those getting as much as $2,700 for month-to-month rentals. So that's been really, really positive to see that I'm not taking this $1,000 hit. I'm only taking a maybe a $300, $400, $500 hit per property. So instead of netting $8,500, maybe next month I'm going to net $4,000, which during weathering a storm, that's pretty good. So your audience knows too, buying the deal, I own five of mine and then I manage three and then I do what's called arbitraging for three of the other ones where basically I take over the rent, take over the lease and sublease it out to other people. And I'm still profiting on those despite what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying right now that lease arbitrage is not a thing. It's not profitable. I am still profitable on all my lease arbitrage properties because again, just doing the deal right. So you said you got 11 properties in your portfolio. You said eight were month-to-month rentals? Yeah, currently actually nine are month-to-month rentals. And then we're keeping two on Airbnb. Perfect. So for those nine, and I guess this kind of goes into the second thing that you talked about, which is having other ways to list your properties. So obviously you're not listing those on Airbnb. So for my first question is, where are you listing those properties? And secondly, how has your wording changed now that they're month to month as opposed to Airbnb for a weekend or something? Yes. Our main means of which we're doing it is Craigslist. That's where we're getting most of our places. Facebook marketplace would be next. And then just networking with realtors, property managers, loan officers who have people that need that transition. Maybe they're selling their house or maybe they're getting kicked out of one of their homes and they got to transition to find the right place. So we're very upfront with everyone. We're not telling them, hey, sign a 12 month lease with the idea that we're going to kick them out. We're letting them know this is furnished. It is a month-to-month rental and we are used to a very profitable Airbnb business. But right now we're just looking to use this as a way to kind of weather the storm and to help more local people who are going through some transitional issues that need some help. So we've got people in our homes right now that are going through divorce. Some are buying a house and waiting to be able to get into that next house. We've got some nursing students that are coming in that have been from out of town and need to stay for a couple months. We haven't had any first responders yet, but we are opening ourselves up to that as well. And we're really just making sure everyone knows You might only be here for 30 days. You might be here if you want for three months, maybe even, God forbid, this thing goes on for a long time. You could be here for three years, but they understand that every month we have a new evaluation that we're doing to make sure that they are still a good fit for our property. So of those nine, are they all occupied right now with the month-to-month lease? Yes, they are all occupied. Seven of the nine are either a family or a person taking up the whole house. And then we had to get creative with some of our bigger properties by renting out room by room, which I thought Mm. was going to be really difficult. Turns out that that is not as difficult as I thought it would be. In fact, it's more profitable and more people are open to doing a room by room, not even knowing who else is going to be in the house because desperate times call for for desperate measures. and, And those people are definitely in those kind of situations. 
That's interesting. Um, yeah. Craigslist is a powerful tool right now. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's the big thing, right? Oh, Craigslist, that sounds super sketchy. Well, you know, right now we've got to do as much as we can to just help as many people as possible. I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. And at the end of the day, if I'm doing room by room, every roommate has to approve of the next incoming guest as well to make sure that personalities will match. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you're focusing on right now during this coronavirus time? Yeah. The first thing is, as you can tell, this really is short-term rentals. It's property management versus just, hey, let's throw an Airbnb listing on there. So I think for those of you that are thinking about getting into Airbnb or maybe thinking about getting out of Airbnb, the biggest thing right now is, to me, this is getting rid of all of the fakers in this game. It's getting rid of all the people who just wanted the easy route. Hey, throw your room or home on Airbnb and get paid a ton of money. Now that there's actual work and a lot of these people probably even have a full-time job, they're probably not doing the things that I'm doing. So that creates a unique opportunity for people that are serious about building their short-term rental portfolio or getting into a short-term rental portfolio because you're going to have a lot less competition on the other side. And when all this starts to dwindle down, I truly believe that travel, especially to places like my market, Fresno, California, people come here because they have to, not because they want to. And that's really a good place to be is when you're hosting mostly families that are coming into town to see family or business people. And then the occasional traveler, if there's a major recession that continues to linger beyond all of this, I'm in a really good position to have a lot more people coming in that need to reschedule things that got canceled and a lot less competition so that I can actually raise my rates. It's simple to supply and demand. If the supply is a lot lower and the demand is just as high or higher, then my rates are going to go up. So I think if you're in that kind of position, not necessarily talking about the destination getaways per se, I think there's still a lot to be seen there. The Newport beaches, the Hawaii's, the Florida's, all those kind of things where people go there because they want to get away. I'm not sure if that's still going to be as strong on the other end of this because of thought of a recession, but for places like mine, where it's Fresno, California, another place would be like a Midland, Texas, a lot of business people coming in there, you might be in a really good position to lock something down right now, weather the storm, just cover your expenses. And then on the other side of this, you've got a very profitable business that you can throw right back onto Airbnb and have a lot less competition in your area. So you think people should be buying right now? Again, buying is different in the short-term rentals scenario. So if you're talking about buying a property, then you got to make sure your numbers are right for sure. But if you're talking about arbitraging or managing for someone else, then yes, I definitely think it would be just as good of a time to get in, especially with landlords being really, really open to the idea of getting a solid tenant in there like yourself that's going to manage the property and, and take really good care of it. You mentioned that you bought a property a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, it's actually the one that I'm doing the podcast in right now. It's three units on one lot. It's not multifamily. It's just a single family house with a mother-in-law unit. And then we converted the workshop into another unit and it's house hacking at its finest. It's fun. So obviously you bought it amid the coronavirus. How was the underwriting different? Did you underwrite different expenses or different income? And if so, where did you come up with those numbers from? Basically, what kind of terms did I do the deal with or? No, so usually you under, I'm making up numbers here. Usually yeah. this house in a regular time would make $5,000 oh, okay. yeah, yeah, a month. Yeah, yeah. How do you determine how much income would be coming in? That's a great question. So I knew my expenses at this place were going to be right around $3,500 per month from mortgages and then paying back my lender on the furniture. 
So basically what I did there is I evaluated it as an Airbnb first and saw that after year one, because the way that we do our terms, we pay back our furnishing in year one. And then that person is now off the loan. It's a short-term loan. So in year one, I'd be cash flowing $600 a month with Airbnb while living on the property. And then after year one, we would be cash flowing right around $1,500 to $1,600 per month because we would have paid off the furnishing. That was as an Airbnb. Now that we're doing this as a short-term rental and month to month, I'm at least getting all of my mortgage covered. And then I've still got my loan back to my lender. And that means that right now, if I wanted to, I don't want to, I'm in a financial position where I could move out of the unit that I'm in and put someone else in and not owe anything. But I'm okay with spending basically about a thousand to $1,500 a month to still live in a place. And that's what I'm doing right now just to stay where I'm at. But basically to answer your question, if I'm underwriting it though, I know I could rent out this space that I'm in short term mm -hmm. and cover all of my expenses and probably cash flow a few hundred dollars. But if it can get back to Airbnb and I rent out then my unit, the third of the three, then I could be more along the lines of $2,500 to $3,000 a month for this entire property. Thanks for sharing that. And then one last question before we conclude. So you mentioned that you think that this situation is going to get rid of all of the fakers who wanted an easy route. So what do you think exactly is going to happen to them? So do you think they're going to get foreclosed on? Do you think they're just going to just sell and then that'll open up an opportunity for people to buy a short-term rental, single family home that's maybe furnished for cheap? For those people, what do you think is going to happen to them in the next six months? The ones that have bought the vacation rentals with just the idea of it working as an Airbnb, I think they're in trouble, at least for a few years. I think that's really tough. If you have a, let's just call it $5,000 per month expenses, and you need this thing to make at least $5,000 a month, I think that's going to be really tough during any sort of recession because people just aren't going to be traveling as much. And then the other side of it is the people who are just using it as, hey, this is my primary residence, but I leave on the weekends and I Airbnb it, or hey, this is my secondary residence. And I only use it about three months out of the year. I think those people will probably not get hit as hard. But I think the ones that are going to be just okay are going to be the ones that are in markets like mine or in deals like mine that you can put a long-term renter in and you'll be just fine. And I hope that the majority of people did deals like that where they can put long-term renters in and be okay. And then for the other people that are doing lease arbitrage like myself, that's just about getting out of a lease and selling the furniture. So it was a risk of what they knew they were getting into that if something were to ever happen, if Airbnb shut down, hey, they have a lease. But in a lot of people's ideas and a lot of people's minds, it's a lot better to just have a lease than it is to own a piece of real estate that may not work as a long-term rental so they can get out pretty mm -hmm. easily. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you coming on today and being willing to talk about the things you're doing during this coronavirus pandemic. I think a lot of this advice was very helpful to people who are doing short-term rentals. Doing long-term rentals, I think this will also be some very timeless advice as well. So you talked about basically how you're weathering the storm with your short-term rental business. You mentioned that you think people who are screaming from the top of their lungs that the short-term rental business is dead are jumping the gun. And then you got more specific and mentioned that the two things that you did is made sure you did the deals right on the front end. So you mentioned the 33% rule, which means that the money you net needs to be 33% of what you are grossing. So if you gross three grand, you need to net a thousand, which means your expenses are two grand. That way you have enough meat on the bone to take a hit and not lose money. 
And the other one was making sure you're not reliant on Airbnb and having backup options. So you mentioned that you're pivoting to month-to-month rentals for nine of the 11 properties and that you're using Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and networking with property managers and brokers to secure leases, month-to-month leases on those. And so that it's focusing on helping local people. People are going through divorces, buying a house and waiting to get in, nursing students, and you're opening them up to first responders now. And we mentioned how you think that this is going to get rid of a lot of the fakers who wanted the easy route and didn't want to work hard because now it takes more work. You can't just throw something up on Airbnb and get a tenant coming in there. We talked about how to underwrite a deal during coronavirus, which I think is very powerful. So how to underwrite a deal during a quote unquote recession and that expenses are really set and you evaluated it as an Airbnb first, and then you're willing to spend money since you're living there yourself. So a thousand. 1500 bucks a month, but you know that if you moved out, you would be able to at least break even and then weather the storm. And then once things get back to normal, make your profits again. So Kyle, really appreciate you coming on the show today again and sharing what you're going through with us. Stay safe. Best ever listeners. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.